Jordani Karma, and I've loved to read ever since I can remember, but I haven't always understood how to find the books that work for me. In the last few years, I've put focused time into my reading life to explore new-to-me genres and find the reading frameworks that work for me. I've gone from being completely lost in a sea of titles to homing in on the exact reads that will be amazing for me. In this season, I'll share my very first time keeping a reading journal, and I'll recommend the titles I discover and love along the way along with specific, practical tips to help you find the books you need in your reading life. This is Season 3, Episode 4 of Reading Like an Adult, and in this episode I'm going to ask another big question. How do I retain what I'm reading? This is going to be a special episode where we focus on the reading journal reset that I desperately needed just four months into our season about keeping a reading journal. I love to make New Year's resolutions, but I also realize at this point of the year, every year, that no resolution will fundamentally change who I am as a person. When I started using a reading journal, I pictured myself slowly reading books and having plenty of time to mull over what I'm learning from them because I would be such a choosy, careful reader. But ironically, keeping a reading journal means I'm more swamped with books I want to read than ever. I'm being picky and putting down books all the time, yet I'm outpacing my reading from last year. I know it's because I love books, and I love reading a lot of books. I'm only reading books I'm excited about, which makes me want to read even more, which makes me read even more. It's a very nice version of a vicious cycle. But inhaling books sometimes means I struggle to remember what I just read. Is the story I'm half remembering from a recent read a fictional plotline in a novel, Or was it a real-life anecdote from a memoir? Why do I feel as if I recall the house in the Cerulean Sea so clearly until my person describes a magic scene from its first pages and I have no memory of that being part of the setup at all? And what about all the intriguing facts, beautiful quotes, and gorgeous socialites or ancient myths or storied places that give me that fluttery feeling of, ooh, I could write about that someday, right before they evaporate from my short-term memory? It gets worse when I look at a book I read a year or two or more ago. Several months ago, I looked at Joyful, The Surprising Power of Ordinary Things to Create Extraordinary Happiness by Ingrid Fettel Lee in the bookstore, thinking it was a book I'd like to read. I looked it up on Goodreads only to realize I'd already read it back in 2019. In my defense, I read the library-bound blue hardcover copy decorated with confetti, while the bookstore featured the new paperback copy with an orange creamsicle on the front. But still, I know I read and enjoyed Joyful, but I don't remember any facts about joy from it. I could read it again, and it would be like reading a whole new book. I want my reading life to be a resource for the long term. I've been toying with how to create a future reading journal where I can capture facts, quotes, names I'd like to know better, authors whose works are referenced, and more. As much as I love the idea of a physical reading journal in theory, it's been a struggle in practice. I have this beautiful little book that is slowly being filled with my very bad handwriting. It's small enough that it's it's not a burden to carry around with me when I'm reading, but it's not searchable. What am I going to do in five or ten years when I want to locate something I half remember from a book I read a long time ago and Google and Goodreads fail me? My reading life, a book journal, has been a wonderful starting point for my first time keeping a reading journal, and it's given me great ideas for what I want to capture from my reading life. Check out the show notes for a link if you'd like to get your own copy. I'm planning to fill out the rest of the little book because I'd like to have that time capsule of my reading life. 
but I've also turned to an old friend for assistance, Evernote. I've talked about Evernote before as a great tool for organizing your reading lists. I used to use Google Docs, but I struggled with keeping them organized and I had too much old history there. Evernote is the fresher, simpler, cleaner, and much easier to keep organized version. I've started keeping a reading journal with a list of different notes that are collected in an Evernote notebook. Here are the notes I'm including as sections in my reading journal. 1. People, Places, and Outside Works This note will be a list of interesting people and places and books, articles, poems, and other works that are referenced in what I'm reading. Whenever I need some inspiration for my reading life, I can turn to this list to see what would be fun to research or write about next. 2. Quotes and Impressions This section is definitely borrowed from My Reading Life, a book journal. I love the idea of writing down favorite quotes almost too much. I used up all the space in the small physical journal too quickly, and it was hard to choose as I was reading which would be my favorite quote. Plus, I want to make sure I get down more detail about what I liked and didn't like in a read, and I think typing in Evernote or grabbing my phone and quickly jotting down a thought in the app will be so much easier than trying to physically get it all into a small paragraph. 3. Storylines, Themes, and Situations More nebulous and based on a feeling, this part of my reading journal is very much for my writer self and how I'm continually watching for inspiration for my fiction. Sometimes a theme or a situation or a certain dynamic between characters in a book I'm loving gives me that feeling of, hmm, that might be a jumping off point for me to write something new. And a lot of the time, I get inspiration from books I don't like. Maybe I picked up a book thinking it was one thing and my impression turned out to be completely wrong, but I'm still thinking about that book I wanted to read. I'm wondering if I could write it. Or maybe the book I'm reading starts with a great premise and then doesn't really go anywhere. When I don't like a story, I think about how I would tell it differently. Sections 4 and 5 of my new reading journal are lists, my reading wheelhouse, and all the titles I've read listed by year. I'm still deciding on how I'll include the books I try to read and don't finish. Maybe I'll list them here, but put them in a different color font and jot down a reason why I didn't make it to the end. I also want to capture the big picture of my reading life from each year so I can look back a decade from now and remember exactly when it was that I decided to have a backlist year or a memoir year or a year of fiction. Friends, fellow readers, I failed in my nonfiction mission for the month of April. I wanted to read one microhistory from my list and I picked up a couple of different options, but I didn't make it through one. Sometimes that's what happens when you have a big, ambitious reading list. You try a couple of titles and decide that it's not the right time, and you'll come back to this genre or author someday. So in this episode, we're going to skip straight to this month's reading resource, a specific, concrete idea that I hope will make your reading life better, and talk about an easy way to find new reads, BookPage. If you're not familiar, BookPage is a monthly publication that's distributed as a physical magazine through libraries and bookstores, and also available online. You can find a link in the show notes. I didn't notice it at my library for years, tuning it out with the other pamphlets and flyers at the front desk or on the shelf by the door, but I picked it up one day and realized what I'd been missing. If you're a millennial or older, the physical version of BookPage kind of feels like the catalogs you used to pour over when you were a kid. 
It's a lightweight magazine format, something you could flip through quickly in a few minutes, dog-earing the pages with books that intrigue you. I like this resource as an easy way to skim through the latest, fuzziest books coming out, but if you have the time and interest, Bookpage also includes an in-depth interview with an author in each issue. A couple of standouts for me have been an interview with V.E. Schwab when The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue was about to hit shelves, and one with Helen Huang to celebrate finally releasing The Heart Principle, the long-awaited third book in her Kiss Quotient Romance Trilogy. I've been reading poetry this year, which is absolutely incredible news for my attention span. I'm starting out slow and easy with Maggie Smith and Mary Oliver. For this episode, my favorite book of 2022 so far is I Hope This Finds You Well, Poems by Kate Bear. This unique collection features erasure poems, poetry created by taking a piece of writing and erasing words until only the words you want to use in your poem are left behind. Bear used real, angry emails, quotes from political figures, online comments, and sweet letters from fans to create a wonderfully defiant collection of poems. I hope this finds you well as a reminder to look for the beauty in the madness. I couldn't stop picking it up to read the next poem and read the whole thing in less than a day. Thanks for listening. You can visit readinglikeanadult.com to find a list of all the books mentioned in this episode. If you'd like more recommendations or even a personalized reading list of your own, please check out my Substack newsletter, People Who Like Things. This episode was written, narrated, and produced by me. I'm Jordani Karma, and I'm glad you're joining me on this reading journey. In the next episode, we'll get ready for the biggest season of the reading year, Summer Reading, 